Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, so about 24 hours after we finished recording this conversation with Carrie Coon, she got nominated, and rightly so, for Best Actress for her amazing performance in The Nest which is streaming now, highly recommended. Congratulations to her for me and Joe. And uh, now here's our conversation. And we open with a brief little fun bit um, in which you all get to see how well Joe Dante takes direction. Here it is, The Movies That Made Me. Oh, let me record. How are you? It, is, it has well. been a while. Yes, it has been a while. Have you been well? Uh, yeah, as, as well as can be, I suppose. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah. Carrie, this is Joe. Joe Dante. Hello. Hi, Joe. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks we are. We are. Um, it is a small thing, but we're gonna we're gonna lose Joe a couple minutes before we're done. So can okay. we? Can we have? Let's just do Joe's goodbye now, so I can cut it okay. in later. <laughs> and he'll just sort of stop chiming in the last few minutes. But okay, got it. Oh, gotta go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, thanks so much for being with us. It was it was absolutely great. This was really fun. Thank you so much. Joe, you're supposed to say, this is for you. This is where we're recording your line. Oh, I already said my line. <laughs> that was terrible. It was terrible. Oh, Gotta go. Thank her. Thank her for being on the show. <laughs> but you're going to still talk to her after I leave. <laughs> no, but we're going to put this on at the end and make it sound like you said goodbye. Uh, Bye, Joe. <laughs> Bye, Carrie. It was great having you. <laughs> Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> Now, of course, if she has a terrible time. Nobody's going to notice whether they disappear or not. So just, just, notice. just keep going. Notice. That's a good thing about audio. <laughs> this is The Movies That Made Me with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. Thank you for joining us. I'm I'm so, um, uh, I I, uh, I stalked you a little bit on Twitter way way back when, but you have like 40 million followers, so I can't imagine oh. you can see. But um, well, here beforehand, we're, we're so informal here. Our, our guest is is the amazing Carrie Coon, who um, you know from uh, things like well, sort of I guess Gone Girl is the first thing where people would have mm-hmm. oh hey and and Fargo um, and of course the leftovers. I was getting to that Fargo for me was like. <laughs> Uh, you're you're oh my god i i i love that show and your season was so and you were phenomenal on it thank you it's a great um, such a smart show it's so good and yeah. and it's such a it's such a still trying to describe its aesthetic to someone or even figure out what it is it's like well it's sort of cohen-esque but it's kind of mm-hmm. it, but um it's wonderful and then of course you've uh you've got the nest out right now which um i i i i hate saying things like this to people because it's just you know, yeah, you say it to everyone. I was so blown away by your performance. Oh, thank you. Um, it was just like this is this is that movie where somebody 
whose work you love just explodes in a way that that you know years from now you'll be like i i you know i watched her when she was on those little tv shows you know but it's it's so oh god you're you're amazing in that film you Thank really you. Are. I'm so grateful I got to do it. I feel so honored that I was asked. Yeah, and Sean's, we had Sean on last week too. So, oh, good. Uh, and I had a great conversation with him about, uh, we gave away the endings of like 10 of his favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> but not his. That's fine. But not, but not his, that's right. Um, which was tough because it's almost impossible to talk about The Nest without ruining something because I remember seeing a trailer and thinking it was one kind of film and then you're sitting there waiting for it to be that kind of film and it's not, it's something else and it's, and I don't even want to say what I thought because then I'm spoiling things. And yeah. Anyway, but but uh, we did give away the fact that it ends in an orgy of violence at the end. So yeah, um, that's kind of it. All, all the best movies do. But anyway, I was saying earlier. Um, but speaking you, of orgies of violence, <laughs> Josh's specialties. Speaking of orgies of violence, um, uh, you. It, it's funny because we've been doing, especially at the beginning of this, we were doing these little uh, we call them pandemic parades where we had previous guests come on. Um, in little segments and talk to us about the movies they were watching during quarantine. Mm -hmm. And that's when I think I sort of stumbled across your Twitter feed, your massive Twitter feed. And you were, uh, you, you and your husband were plowing through uh, tons yeah. of movies and you were just sort of posting like what today's film was and little things what we thought. I was like, we've got to get her on the show. <laughs> and I guess just a couple of weeks ago, you posted a photograph because you went off went off to work in a movie now, right? Is yes, uh, yeah, I'm working on the Gilded Age for HBO. There, oh, okay, there you go. And and there was this amazing photograph of all the DVDs and Blu-rays you had watched so far in quarantine, and it's, it's our epic. pandemic bar graph. I called it. Yes, it's an incredible image. Here it um, is. I'll show it. To you. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, on our on our audio. Oh, show. Wow. There it is. It's like a blockbuster. It <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For our younger listeners, that's a store that used to rent videos to people. Um, <laughs> Kids don't know. But right. this is about, I mean, seriously, we have, I think Tracy's logged maybe 7,000 DVDs. So this is just the tip of the iceberg. Wow. He's a so he's, he's a, wow, that's, yeah, I think I, I, I'm, I'm, I can, I, I can relate. I've got about 4,500, I think, at last count. I don't know where we're going to put them all. They just keep coming. <laughs> it is a problem. It's, you, you need a special lot. room. I know he has his own. He, he, he built extra shelves and then he hid them behind curtains so we wouldn't know how insane he was. But the it worst is thing fun. is you run out of shelving. Yes, it's terrible. I we already have. I don't know what we'll do. Yeah, that's but, that's. But uh, he is, he's got such an. It's so eclectic and it's incredible. He knows all the little companies and um and I just I grew up with really traditional films. You know, not bad traditional. Just Philadelphia sure. Story, and Sabrina, and sure. Bridge on the River Kwai, and Apocalypse Now. You know, my grandfather grew up in a movie house. His his father ran a movie house in Akron, Ohio. So he was he loved movies. So when we went to my grandparents, that's what we did. But but I didn't get exposed to the more avant-garde, you know, choices. Right. And so it's so fun to be married to Tracy. That's not the only reason, but um, um <laughs> my 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 wife will be listening to this one avidly because yeah, that's um that's sort of her situation too, is <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of uh, DVD widows, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so what we, we thought it'd be fun to talk to you about, um, you know, maybe like the 10 or so, uh, I don't know, what do you want to call them? Best, most interesting, your, your, your favorite revelations of quarantine. Yeah, because I certainly have ones that stuck with me in a way that, you know, maybe others didn't. Because I don't have a great memory for film mm -hmm. or books I read. And so if something sticks with me, it's actually quite unusual. Well, also, that could be a good thing, though. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I got a lot of watching mysteries and things like you know. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can watch anything. And my husband can make me rewatch things over and over, and I'll never get bored. So it'll probably save our marriage. Ah, <laughs> honey, she'll hear this. Um, how how many? Like, what was your what was your pattern when you were sort of at the peak of this? Was was it one a night, two a night? So we would typically, because we have a toddler, it was all about if the toddler would go to bed, and typically he did. And so mostly we, we would watch Mary Hartman and Mary Hartman as our curtain raiser. Wow. We're on oh, just wow. 17. Going back away. Yeah, which is a great, I mean, wonderful performances and really yeah. absurd. I can't believe it was on television when I see it. Very late not, at night. In some ways it's gotten network TV so conservative now, you know? Yeah. So it's really great. And so we watch it, we watch that, and then we would watch a movie. And sometimes, like maybe on a Saturday night, we'd do a double, double feature. Okay. So just, just one a night, basically. Mm -hmm. and and because you were plowing through them, it was, we were. It was, uh, it was fun. That's so been what a long are, pandemic? But we yeah. didn't miss a night. I mean, we never missed. I think we never missed a night of our pandemic. Wow, well, mm -hmm. that's that's impressive. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's like if, especially if you go through, if you end up watching a lot. Um, you know, mm -hmm. if you asked me what what are the last five movies we watched? Yeah, I can never remember. The next yeah. day, you say, "What was the title?" And I'll say, uh. <laughs> <laughs> "But I enjoyed it." Yeah, but I had a great time, exactly. I'm sure it was good. Yeah, um, it was but yeah, what are, so do you want to just sort of start with one to yeah, that, that, that that stood out? That well, maybe this is not, <clears throat> this is not a surprise, but um, I had never seen Opening Night, Cassavetes, hmm. and that's one of the most realistic depictions of of working in the theater that I've ever seen. It's always done really terribly. It never feels like what theater feels like. Right, but that movie really feels like the way theater feels, hmm. and the show. I mean, it would help that they're all from that, and it's it's all yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. what I love about his movies is that um, the performances almost always are—they're not afraid of some size, even some absurdity. Yeah. Right? It's not yes. always great realism, but they always feel truthful. So I love watching—I love watching Cassavetes for that reason. I'm still, yeah, I struggle with him. I still, we we recently went. To, I guess it was a nice Criterion version of Husbands, and every now and oh. then I go like, okay, we're gonna go back to. Have you seen Husbands? I can't. No, I haven't actually seen Husbands. Okay, I was just saying by your response, maybe, maybe, maybe we're on the no. same page. No, I was just thinking about like, oh, what about Mr. Sophistication? <laughs> it's a great character. Well, it's, then we should move on. If you struggle. Oh no, no, no! I'm fascinated. No, no, I don't want to. We're, we're, we're just. I, I. He's so. I'm. I mean, is it? Is it? Um. You, you like Cassavetes, right, Joe? Or you're a. Yeah, but you know, I, 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 I grew up watching Cassavetes start mm -hmm. out to be a commercial filmmaker. Mm. Right, you know, he, right. His first couple of pictures were like, you know, Too Late Blues, um, mm -hmm. first Stanley Kramer, and of course they fought, and you know, he was not right. happy with the movie, and it had big stars in it, and all that stuff. Yeah, well, he was always trying to make money to make the things he wanted to right. make. Right. Yeah. And, and so as an actor, he was doing Rosemary's Baby, and he was taking the money and putting it, you know, into yeah. faces. Um, but uh, it was, I, I remember being in college when uh, when his black and white pictures came out and they were they were revelatory for a lot of people because this was just not the way people saw movies mm -hmm. uh, as being that raw and, and so yeah that that's the thing i think i respond to the most is that rawness of this space for that rawness i mean as an actor it's just you know it's a wonderful invitation yeah i think i respond to that I mean, because I find I find that I respond most to the ones where he every now and then at least gives lip service to a plot. I mean, I'm 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 just a writer, and I'm not even from theater, you know. I write, uh -huh. so so it's like I look at um, you know Chinese Bookie or Gloria or something. Yeah. Okay, I can laugh. And then there's these wonderful Walker's performances in there, 
right. but it's it's the ones where it's a bunch of people just you know husbands is just a bunch of guys hanging out and they go somewhere that's, interesting. <laughs> that's about it like you, know, you appreciate some ambiguity in your television so i think that's interesting yeah. Oh no, I love I love all this, but I just I just I need a frame to hang it on. I guess you okay. know. Okay. I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Um, but no, I I have a long you know. I Casavetti is one of those things. I'm clearly, you know, there's there's things I don't like where I'm like that's awful, and there's things I don't like where I'm like there's something wrong with me. And clearly, Casavetti mm -hmm. is is one of those. Um, I'm glad you have some perspective. <laughs> it's a I subject try. for further I study. I try. I try. And and then I and I keep going back. I keep going back. But um, um, yeah, so opening night uh, clicked with you. Is it, is right. it, mm -hmm. was that your first Cassavetes or were? No, not oh, my okay. first, Okay. but I just hadn't seen that one and we hit it. Yeah. But here's one. Have you seen Mephisto? Uh, the it's German film. Yeah. Oh, Maria Brandauer. Yes. And that performance, I think is yeah, just a, one of the most amazing. extraordinary yeah. performances. Not, not, I, not I read uh, the most generous actor. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I heard that. that <laughs> oh, really? What's what's the well? People that he worked with who's like you know up upstaging and not getting along. Yeah, perhaps a little too close to home. Showboating. Uh, yeah. but, I'm not surprised. Uh, to but hear he's that. but he's so good. I mean, you know, he's what really he, good. <laughs> and I don't know. I was I've been I found that a lot of stories about um, you know the the descent into moral compromise were sort of resonating with me right now. So it's a little too close to home. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's an amazing performance and and some of the imagery in that really i don't know it's really and you know because i'm an artist working in the country i'm working in right now a country that is uh pretty hostile to the arts quite frankly a little bit a little bit it didn't used to be quite so hostile i know i know days. but it's you know we've we've the the funding is really drying up and you know we have a joke it's like oh unemployment how the government supports the arts and we have, no we don't even have that <laughs> right. so great but I love that performance. And likewise, um, The Cremator. Oh, wow. Same thing. That movie from the opening credits. I always think first person narration is a little like lazy storytelling. It's so effective in this film. His performance is so just smarmy. And I can't, I mean, I, I just, I can picture his face right now. And the way that movie is edited just sort of mirrors yeah. the. The sort of cleanliness of his logic as he descends mm. and becomes part of that bureaucracy it's just I, th I thought that was i thought it was magnificent though it's so dark i never thought that movie would come up once on this show and this is now the second time um oh really albert, albert hughes is a big fan of that oh yeah <laughs> i'm a good company yeah 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 yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, i think it's a great film uh this is some dark grim stuff so you were you were uh you guys live in a happy house i'm guessing we do. We laugh a lot. Yeah, no, I was saying you'd have to. to be, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> plowing through these. They chuckled, they chuckled their way through the cremator. Yeah. <laughs> I was really, I found it actually kind of shocked me. And I, I think it's hard for art to shock, mm. you know? But I was surprised by how stirred by it I was. How it's like, you know, you don't really realize, you don't really realize this, that you're, you're in it with them. You know, you're mm. going down the slope with them. And then you think back and you go, oh no, this was happening from the first frame. It's just, it's really deft storytelling. Yeah. Powerful. Oh, wow. And then likewise, in another vein, very different, I saw Zama by Lucretia Martel for the first time. Uh-oh, that puts you, and, you know, up on me. Me too. Uh, yeah. Oh, up on Joe? You can't see everything. So it's, you know, it's about a fictional conquistador. 
and it, and it doesn't, you probably won't like it because there is a bit of a, the narrative is perhaps a little mushy. I don't know if she would call it mushy. It's some, there's a lot of symbolism, but there are some images in that movie I, I've never quite seen before that were really striking. I mean, I almost, I took my breath away. And what I also love about it is that it's a very male story, right? It's about a man trying to, you know, who's, who's kind of mired in the bureaucracy of taking over this country in this tropical place he's not suited to live in. He doesn't really, he's not very happy. He's been away from his family. It's a long boat ride away. But there are moments of, I think, intimacy that only a female director would capture. Mm. For example, there's a character that stumbles into, um, there's a woman he's been after, and he comes to find out she's having a relationship with the other guy. And I think in a movie directed by a man, he would catch them having sex. And in this movie, he catches them in this like very intimate, detailed conversation about what's going on in the village. And at one point she says, can you help me with this? It's her, you know, her under thing. She's got some buttons and snaps. It's so intimate. It's so much more intimate mm, than the right. one man. <clears throat> so it implies the history of their relationship in a way that I don't often see in, you know, in those kind of narratives that are about, right. you know, domination, essentially. So anyway, there were just some moments in that really drove home to me maybe some of the differences when a story is being told from that female perspective or yeah. you know, versus a male perspective. So it was really, it was really stirring. And also I'm looking for filmmakers that I'd love to work with. So of course that's always on my radar when I'm watching have, film. Have you, um, uh, have you seen Marlena the murderer in four acts? No. It's a, an amazing film, uh, uh, Indonesian I feel like director. I talked about it with Tracy recently though. Tell me. Oh, okay. It's an incredible film. Um, Indonesian director named uh, Muli Surya. Uh, it yeah, it's worth seeing. I'm, 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 a, I'm hyping it because I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm also I'll, oh, full disclosure. I'm, I'm working with her on something. But when I, oh, cool. uh, when I, when I went home, you know, you watch the movie that filmmaker you're going to be doing something with, and you're like, oh God, please let it be, please let it be. And yeah. we were just demolished by it. It's just oh, incredible. Um, my, my wife calls her Sergia Leone just for her compositions because <laughs> they're just incredible. Uh, oh wow, I can't wait to see it. And, and yeah, it, it does. It's, it's um if a man had made this film, it would have been a genre film. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's, it's just not that. at all. Yeah. In that kind of same way, which is really interesting because it's got stuff in it that should make it a kind of you mm -hmm. know, almost an action film or a revenge film, but it's just not at all. And uh, in that vein, have you seen Wanda, the Barbara uh, Logan? Oh, film? sure. Yeah. 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 That makes me think of, you know, that kind of, you know, that sort of female crime spree kind of story, you know, I just found her so intriguing as a performer and to know that she actually, you know, wrote and directed that film and then never wrote or directed anything else after that made me yeah. really sad. She's really compelling in a very real, almost documentary style way. It's, it's a fascinating film. I should know yeah. more, Joe. What was the story? Is there a reason why she didn't do anything else after Wanda? I looked it up. I think what she... I can't remember exactly what happened. Joe's our walking encyclopedia. I, no? I, I don't, uh, I, I don't, maybe she said what she had to say. Maybe. Then yeah. there's that. Then there's you know that. how things happen. You don't always get to do the thing. See, uh -oh. speaking of, you know, that's kind of a blue collar movie. I saw Blue Collar. I had never seen that Paul Schrader movie. No, that's pretty cool. Movie. Great. Oh, I love and that. I come from the industrial Midwest. You know, Ohio was has actually been ravaged by uh, by manufacturing, you know, being offshore. And so, you know, my people are really we really relate to that. The rubber city. I'm from, you know, outside the rubber city. 
And it would just really, there aren't, there aren't a lot of easy answers in that movie. No, no, no. And it's it's really basic storytelling, but the answers are not simple. And the ensemble is, is so good, especially considering the fact that they didn't like each other. Yes. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Talking, Tracy telling me about that when it was just how, what a terrible time Schrader had doing it. Oh, it's amazing the amount of, uh, because yeah, I've I've always been a a, a huge fan of that film. And Mm -hmm. finally, I think when a a DVD came out with a commentary track, and I knew nothing about the making of it, because it feels so assured and so confident. And then you find out that half the amazing shots, you know, there's these incredible, you know, shots of just the three of them talking in just one shot. And you're like, what an incredible choice. You're like, no, they only had 15 minutes to get that shot. And then Richard Pryor was done with the movie forever. And they were never going to get it back. And, you know, things like that. Are, um, yeah, it's amazing what, that those constraints can actually, you know, force yeah. or, a creative or three actors. And He's talked yeah. laughingly about like how, uh, and you know, did, did he do this on purpose? But sort of one of the problems was that you had three guys who each thought they were the leading man. Right. <laughs> the male ego which is a, yeah a weird tension to create in your actors especially if you're on a budget i would think oh right yeah it's amazing they were even doing it i guess yeah but no no that's an incredible incredible yeah it's really it's really good and like coming from where i come from it feels really resonant yeah. and, um, and so rare to be overtly political in an american film you know? that's true uh, too yes I remember watching Keith Gordon's commentary and he he talks about that, mm-hmm. about the, you know, kind of how, and for me, you know, the growing up when I grew up, it, it doesn't, it, I didn't realize that the context, you know, how, how surprising that would have been at the time it came out, which yeah. is the nice thing about being married to a man who's 55 is that he's able to contextualize some of these things for me that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's amazing. By the way, I, so, the, so I, you have the, you have the Arrow Blu-ray then. Because if you, oh, if you yeah. saw Keith Gordon's commentary, Joe would not for, forgive me if I. We probably have whatever, however many there are. We have them all. You have them all. I should say there is uh, my my trailers from Hell commentary is on that Blu-ray, Joe. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. Then why haven't they sent us one? Uh, they sent me <laughs> one. Um, now let's cross let's cross the pond. I yes. also enjoyed the Lunchbox by Ritesh Batra. Oh, that's a beautiful wow. movie. Yes. Who was it? Oh, Somebody no. was on the show uh, last year oh. and talked about it. And then I, I watched it because of this show and could not believe what I was seeing. Yeah, please talk about oh. it. Oh, it's, it's so beautiful. I mean, I love the central performances are so, they're, they're really um, simple and grounded. And you really get the kind of slice of life that makes a foreign film feel you know, like an eye opening. It's just like the, the, her talking to her auntie who sends the ingredients down the basket, the auntie you never see, you know, who just then throw the rest of the ingredients into this basket. I just love the little details like that. Also, I just really want to have a service where somebody brings me a hot lunch every day. But isn't it? It's such an odd, I kept trying to figure, it's like there's a service that brings you lunch that mostly it's men who are getting these at work. So it's like their wives are making them lunch. Yeah. And, and, they, and they get in. the boxes mixed up. And yeah. And I love that, you know, she's, it's just, the the sort of she's trying to she's investing in her marriage you know she's trying to invest in her marriage and sort of accidentally ends up i don't know creating space in this man's life that he was lacking it's just a, such a beautiful simple yeah. story yeah. but just really beautifully told and and i i was really moved by it I was moved yeah by it. and to to do such a an, a, an effective love story between two characters who yeah don't spoil the ending may or may not ever even be in a shot together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to create incredible. that tension. <clears throat> yeah. 
Yeah. It's really deft filmmaking, and I, I just, I really loved it. I just loved it. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that's oh, fantastic. Um, one of our fa our family traditions, we we watched sixty three up this year. Michael, oh. after the series, the seven up series. Yes, I think that's I'm behind. The latest one. Yes, sixty three. We're on sixty three. And you know, I don't know if they'll make it to the next one. Apted is what you know, eighty now, but right. or something. And Tracy and I—that was one of our first dates out in public. We went to see uh, see one of them in theaters, and I hadn't seen it. He caught me up. What an extraordinary, uh, unusual documentary! I mean, able to track those those people. Oh, I don't think yeah. there's ever been anything like it. Oh, it's it's just astonishing. You know, what is a what is a human life? What does it look like? You know, the it's just uh and and how do our conditions shape us or not mm -hmm. and to see you know your expectations of someone based on where they're from get subverted or confirmed it's such confirmed, an active right. experience and people yeah. who watch it are really invested in the outcome you know we yeah. get so i mean tracy and i cry <laughs> we just cry the whole time because you see them when they're children and then you see them you know what they become it's just a really unusual and fascinating exercise yeah it really is um yeah what happens for 70 up if he's i mean he's gonna i don't know and you know i not to spoil it but you know who's gonna who's gonna be around who's gonna be around and the strange pressure that is to know that your life is going to be examined every seven years i wonder how that affects them right you know are movie? they making decisions at certain points in their lives for for the movie they're going to be in right i mean you, you consider it there are people who are who are going to be judging your choices right. more people than usual exactly <clears throat> exactly that's got to be strange. i really love it yeah those, um, are, those are wonderful it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I saw for the first time during the pandemic to sleep with anger by Charles Burnett. Oh, wow. And that too, uh, as an example of a film coming out of the time it came out of, just to see a black family being a family, mm -hmm. you know, and, and who, who gets to be in charge of that narrative and who's telling that story is really important. And I found that deeply moving for, so, for how rare some of the examples are in mainstream filmmaking. Yeah. And Burnett was really, I, I, I didn't know, I should have known more about Burnett, and I didn't. And I'm, I'm grateful now that I do. Um, he outside of that and and uh killer of sheep is there has he done yeah oh no he did the um am i wrong if i'm wrong and i've made a horrible mistake i i will i will cut this this would be but did, didn't he didn't he do mm -hmm. the ice cube cop movie oh you know, I, I feel like there was a after to sleep with anger there was a a um commercial movie a, a commercial film that yeah i think he got to make one commercial film and then yes he did oh god i'm so glad i'm right yeah the glass think, and they, didn't, they didn't like it let's see yeah about anger, and... my brother's wedding killer sheep let me see yeah the glass shield the glass shield the ice cube which was a lapd corruption film about a black car right that uh yeah but okay. yeah oh to sleep with anger is an amazing film it is. It's. It's just a. It's an extraordinary movie, and I. I just really. And I related to it, and you know, 
just delightful to see that yeah. unfold. Um, and then uh, Rita, Sue, and Bob too, the Alan Clark film. Oh, I've not seen, seen that one. I've seen many of his. No, it, it was written by this young woman who basically won a writing contest. She was she came out of the you know the the I always want to say projects, but that's not what they call them anymore. Council flats. The council flats. And she, you know, she ended up having a kid when she was like 14 and she was an alcoholic. And she wrote this script that was a, pl a play originally and then it was adapted into a screenplay that Alan Clark directed about this sort of casual, what, what ends up being a casual kind of threesome between this guy and babysitters. But what's, it, what's lovely about it is sort of the stakes of it. Um, it's really goofy and unusual. Um, and the, the, the friendship dynamic between the two girls is, you know, just really real and kind of fresh and silly. And, but they, but it's the kind of thing where they all invest in this thing and, and there's not a lot of really terrible damage being done. You know, normally you see this sort of, there's going to be this crisis in the home when this kind of thing goes down, but it's like, there's so much joy in it actually. And so the story of the woman who wrote it, she ended up um, dying very young of alcoholism and she was an extraordinary voice coming out of those council flats writing in a way that no one else was writing. And that, you know, Alan Clark was the perfect person to direct it. Yeah. But I'm so heartbroken because I would have loved to see what her, you know, what her oeuvre would have been had she been yeah. able to keep writing because it's such a unique film. I've never seen anything quite like it before. Oh, wow. It's just okay. a romp. It's like a great, dirty, hilarious, uh, you know, romp. It's great. I'm just wrapping my head around an Alan Clark romp. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that is not necessarily. Well, you know what? Actually, it was last week. Sean, uh, Sean Durkin um, brought up uh, one of his was the firm, the Alan. Oh Park. yeah, he loves he loves yeah. Alan. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he's amazing. You're also I keep I I don't always do this, but I keep coming. I recommend stuff if you haven't. Have you ever seen Fish Tank? The Andrea Arnold. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Crazy show that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sort of from a similar world. A little bit. Yeah, more. it is. It's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, let's see. You know, I actually hadn't seen Rio Bravo. I mean, I'd seen a lot of Westerns growing up with my grandpa, but I'd never seen Rio Bravo. Um, Howard Hawks, of course. And yeah. you know what? I, I, I rediscovered John Wayne. You know, as a woman, uh, the mythology of John Wayne isn't necessarily my, my American story. <laughs> <laughs> but he is so charming. And, and just to remember the story of him being a stunt guy who kind of worked his way up to being an iconic, you know, actor of that time um, and sort of really the last of a generation. You know, we just don't have that generation's almost gone now. Yeah. You know, my grandpa was at the Battle of the Bulge and he's 95. So what he represented more broadly culturally is, is really palpable. But to see his lightness of being in that movie, I was so utterly charmed by him. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a rediscovery for me. Yeah, his his um his screen persona is uh, yeah is something. He's got charisma. He's got oh, the thing. Oh, God yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and he's got such a great. He has a really. He's got really great timing. And I just never thought of him that way. Yeah. Oh, I never thought of any of those guys much. Well, he's particularly yeah. complicated, I guess, these days. So who yeah. the series, it was a great yeah. line. They were like, "You're going to cancel John Wayne." It's like he got canceled forty years ago. <laughs> Yeah, no, he, he never should have done that Playboy interview. That's that, that, that yeah, was that's big, for sure. That was his big mistake. But <laughs> that was a, but he was you know I mean he, he was he was an icon. He 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 deserved it. He worked like hell. Yeah. Uh, he worked. Yeah. He made many great movies. He worked with many great directors. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the first what five ten minutes of 
Rio Bravo, which has no no dialogue, right, uh, is just it's like a silent movie. I mean, yep. it's it's except it's all music, but it's just mm-hmm. it's just it's a it's a terrific movie. And Fox kept trying to recapture the magic, you know, every yeah. so often by remaking. Yeah, that's a good point. But not, none of the others are as good as Rio Bravo. Rio Bravo yeah. has, and it has something for everybody. It was so cleverly cast. Yeah. To to, to hit all the buttons of all the audience members that <laughs> could possibly right. want to see it, um, it's just uh, it's it's a, it's an endlessly watchable movie. It is, it, and a marketer's dream. Is just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that you loved it. That's that's great. Yeah, I did. I really did. Really. Yeah, I just think it's a struggle more and more these days to try to get to a place where you know even even those of us who like to rise above it are are able to kind of separate all the kind of external stuff that gets thrown in mm-hmm. all these things I'm, I'm yeah you know, my, well uh, you know the art the art in some ways has to stand alone you yeah. Know? Yep. yeah we have to take down every painting in the museum exactly it's, yeah it's I've, I've already i've already oh. said this just put a disclaimer on everything made before last week and then everything will be everything fine. and everything yeah, you want. Well, that's, <laughs> but you know what you're speaking to is is a need for context you know context yeah. that histor- historizes everything is right. is useful and that's how we teach generations about what came before. And so, you know, if we're willing to contextualize things, then then we can also, I hope, learn to appreciate, yeah, a, you know, an artifact of its time. Absolutely, you know? yeah. No. History is important. So, or as my sister-in-law says, uh, hate hate the jerk, love the work. Yeah, that's fair. Um, did you do you know Chili Scenes of Winter, with John Hurt? Sure. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, I just I found, I found that such an effervescent unusual romantic comedy kind of dark a little bit edgy you know directed by a woman uh, I, I know they changed the ending i think to make it more commercial or something because it actually well, it wasn't it wasn't dark. the most commercial title no it was <laughs> for, not no. For, uh, for a love story it was not well marketed that way and i think they like released it and then changed the ending and released it again or something i don't know i think they changed the title too yeah it's a weird weird rollout but john heard it's funny very funny and interesting to watch in it and it's it's darkly obsessive comedy you know um but it, it feels the way maybe some sometimes love affairs shouldn't but do feel so i think that she really captures something unusual in that movie even though it's it appears to be kind of a typical romantic comedy there's a lot more going on there yeah, and i've right. never seen it before <laughs> what's that you have that you have the, you have the, the the trailer noise music right? yes. <laughs> from the new beverly are you underscoring my interview <laughs> that's right yeah we're, we're doing he does it that later <laughs> i can't wait and um yeah john heard was such an amazing i remember you know sort of early on the, yeah there were a couple of movies where you're like this guy's gonna be a mega star he's great yeah so he's so charming and so even when he gets a little creepy you're you still root for him that's an extraordinary skill yeah i assume you know, have you seen cutter's way yes cutter's yeah. way is one of tracy's favorite films it was one of the first oh, ones yeah he loves you guys would you should really he should be in here i'm i'm trying not to fanboy out on my him. observations are so pedestrian and he would no he would these are great. poetic with you I have, a, I have a great friedkin story that i would love to tell him at some point oh you do yeah, yeah. Tell him. I, I, I will some I, mean, I can't tell it on the show one of those stories it's one of those stories all right now how do you guys feel about how do you feel about bergman 
We were just talking. That hack. Andrew Bergman? Oh, no. We were talking about Ingmar uh, recently, actually, and hmm. um, on the show, and uh, sort of lamenting the fact that he's out of favor uh, in terms yeah. of, uh, you know, the, the, the iconic directors that people all, all talk about and that we all gather around the works of. Uh, and it's it's partly because of his austerity, although some of the movies are very funny. And in fact, he was a huge film buff and he had his own film collection and he liked comedies. Yeah. Uh, but but there's this feeling about, oh, it's like going to it's it's going to school or doing a report or something like yeah, that stuff. And I it, find it, it thrilling. I find it just thrilling. I mean the the act I mean we, we watch scenes from a marriage. Mm. during the pandemic, which of course is, you know, those performances are, they are a comic. I mean, Liv Ullman in that is, as a woman, it's something you was, the kind of role you aspire to attempt. But there's so much complexity in those female characters too. Yeah, yeah. Um, nobody's the same <laughs> um, in those films, but but there's a, there's always an otherworldly quality to what he's doing that is, mm -hmm. doesn't, it's not a, it's not a, you know, a straight line. Um, and of course, he worked avidly in the theater with with his right. actors. He's revered in the theater there, um, and so it's interesting to see how that work translates from the theater to the film. I don't even know if I can articulate what it is that he's, you know, how how he's operating in both mediums so effectively. But I don't know; it's really complex. Well, there's a certain mystery to his films. Absolutely, uh, that, yeah. You know, in, in even movies like The Magician and, and The Silence, mm -hmm. and, uh, they all have a, they, they don't all have, but many have a, a sort of an aura about them that is mm -hmm. somewhat fantastical. Even yeah, there's an atmosphere that suggests that there's a, 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 a foot in another world. Yeah. And the morality is not straightforward. Yeah. Well, there's some, there's just a really, there's a gray world, there's a gray area that he's moving through. Mm. Uh, that feels very it's deeply human. It doesn't feel like homework to me. He, um, uh, yeah, I mean, as a kid, I remember, you know, sort of in, in the 70s, it was like, mm -hmm. um, obviously he was sort of beyond me and, and intimidating and it did feel like homework, right. but then I, I got taken to see the magic flute which, I'm not even an opera person, but I, I always loved that one. And and it was a man, that was a step. And then finding out that, um, oh my God, what's what's the one that's Last House on the Left, Joe? Virgin Spring. Virgin mm -hmm. Spring. Finding out that that uh, one of the most graphic, gruesome horror films of, of my day had, had been a remake of a Bergman film. I went back right. and saw that. But it was a way in. It was, a, you go, oh, oh, I thought this was all just you know, boring Swedish academics lecturing on the nature of love and the universe. And well, you know, Bergman originally his uh, his uh, attraction was that people thought the films were were sexy. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. Summer with Monica was sold as a sexploitation picture. Right, uh, and, <laughs> and, and it was sort of like, oh, it's oh, it's Scandinavia. Oh, they take their clothes off there and then they right. jump in the water. You know, uh, <laughs> but but then obviously once once it came around time for the Virgin Spring and the Seventh Seal, particularly. Mm -hmm. uh they, people sort of went oh this guy's serious yeah right and so that's good that shift and so good he's really good i think he's really good yeah that's my personal opinion. did you did you guys get that giant criterion box or are you kidding me <laughs> i probably have two he probably I can only work with 
you know how many have accidental duplicates we have now we have a better system you know catalog oh, okay. Okay. but he's always I, the first well, time i saw the website afterwards on that, beaver, i thought he was looking at pornography and it is essentially pornography. <laughs> i thought i said what are you doing over here but you know he's just looking at transfers <laughs> well that's so, true you know when they do that new transfer you have to um I know. Right out. You got to throw you know. away your old, throw away those eight tracks. And he's like, look at this. Isn't it fantastic? <laughs> I can't tell. Yeah. Oh, what? I mean, what is it? Did they, like six months after Criterion came out with Wings of Desire, they announced they've done a new 4K transfer of it. Now it's like, do I have to replace it? Well, now there's like, Ultra 4K, and you, now you have to buy a new television in order to. That's like, that's like Apple making a new charger. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough. Um, that was a lot. We did like 16. We did? I think, yeah, I've, I've said or maybe 15 or 16. Good Lord, it was 10. That's because she said, but, but you know. We're gonna find her now. It's because I didn't have anything insightful to say, so I just moved on. <laughs> <laughs> what what was, could, could you, could you, if I put you on the spot, like what, what was the one where you just went that, that's, that's, was there one movie that made you go quarantine's worth it? <laughs> or is it just, uh, that's a terrible thing to ask. Yeah, no. I mean, we did watch. This. I always make fun of Tracy for the title, like an Italian gangster film called the the pe the mean people in the streets. Or you know, it's got a terror. It's a gangster movie. Oh, um. And, and the narrative completely shifts focus from one character to another, like three quarters in. in sure. Terrible hackneyed plot twist. Anyway, stuff like that just kind of cracks me up. But yeah, um, like seventies. What I love is that um, you know film is so. The, it's it's a really diverse collection so every night i never knew what we were going to watch tracy would decide and so he has a wife who will just go along oh, wow. and, we'll, and we'll just enjoy what's in front of her and he and he gets to sort of curate the list and so it's a great you know it's a great marriage i'm i'm, I'm exerting this part and emailing uh, it marriage. and we you know we watch everything from from that terrible italian gangster film to black girl you know by usman Semin, mm, right which is a i had never seen that film and i thought i just found that to be such a stark and stirring um, film about, you know, the difference between someone's failure of imagination to see someone as a human being and then contrasting it, you know, the, that African point of view. You didn't see films made about colonization being told by an African. Right, right. And so to see her lush life and her dreams and then the reality that she steps into, you know, as she's being reduced is, and, and how that's, how soul crushing that is. Yeah. You know, stuff like that really spoke to the moment we were in, you know, and then we'd watch some other, or like Fat Girl then, which was, that is such a shocking ending. Have you seen that? Yeah. That ending is so shocking. It's, and like it's I say, so, you know, it's not easy to shock people anymore. Um, We've seen it all. I guess so. I get, yeah, I, I I feel like it might also at the same time be easier too. People are very. It might be easier to shock people. It's, it's uh, but but, it's but to really, to, it's easier to. Yeah, upset I think we're so desensitized. Yes, you're right. That's that's the difference I was going for. It's easier mm -hmm. to upset them. Oh yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Yeah, that would are, be everybody's thing. upset. Yeah, um, I don't know. So yeah. far, my my highlight. We uh, uh, my my mother-in-law lives nearby, and we a while back because uh, she lives alone, and uh, I actually have a wonderful mother-in-law. We all got tested and then she came and spent a few days with us Aww. and did does does i'll get to my thing in a minute but does tracy i'm fascinated do you think he plans them well in advance or does he just sort of 
suss out the vibe of the day and go. He makes a lot of, I, I think sometimes he's ruminating and then he calls an audible. Right. So there are a lot of times he pivots. And there are times when it's, you know, he's, he's taking 20 minutes and I, I'm going to fall asleep unless you right me right now. Because <laughs> I just had this moment where it was like, you know, it was about, we, we had just finished dinner and we we're going to watch something. And I just had this flash and I was like, she has, she needs to see the taking of Pelham. Oh. And, and I showed my mother-in-law uh, the taking of Pella, which of course my wife and I have watched a million times. And yeah. she, I've never seen anybody love a movie so much. Oh, as she, it was just the perfect film for whatever was going on in the day. And, you know, going back to 70s New York and all this, it was just, yeah. but yeah, you it was nailed, that kind of thing where you just you sense, it. you sense the vibrations in the air and you're like, we need some math out. Yeah. And sometimes Tracy's doing it according to, you know, he'll he'll become aware that we've watched a bunch of like white male filmmakers in a row. Right. And so he'll he'll he feels guilty if I don't see a woman for a long time. <laughs> so um, he's very thoughtful that way. And you know, very intentionally seeking out foreign films. We wa we were a he was an academy voter last year and we opted into the foreign film category. And I'm telling you, that, that was work. an extraordinary year in foreign film. I I just I mean you, I would put six of those ahead of the first English speaking film that I you know that I put on the list. I just yeah. I loved them so much. You know, Portrait of a Lady on Fire came out, of course, but I loved um, Corpus Christi. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't, even, I can't think of any of the titles. I, every every year I go, I'm going to do that, and then you just look at how because you have to show up. I guess how are they going to do it this year? You have to show up at all these they'll screenings. Just, they'll stream them. But it's streaming. It's on the streaming service yeah. now. The streaming app, and they're so oh, they were just great. Yeah. which is great lesson yeah. and you know parasite was magnificent but it wasn't my favorite mm. but, you know there were so many beautiful foreign films last year yeah so yeah. i feel bad for people who don't watch them yeah it's it's uh it's hard to get it's hard to get people to them sometimes oh I, I know it's depressing it's the hey subtitles are i know it, they're hard for people sometimes it's a thing too where you're sort of especially going at a visually sumptuous film even if you're a fast reader it's just a different aesthetic process than watching and watching things dubbed isn't the same like some of these tv shows you can watch but the acting you lose something in the performance well, du dubbing is a lost art i mean they used to do it much better um, in the 60s uh, and oh now, i bet I and now with netflix that. you know every show has if you if you if you press that button that allows you to watch the credits at the end which they don't like you to do yeah and there's, uh, there's a card for every, every language and it lists yeah. every actor in every language that is dubbing this stuff. And it's like uh -huh. such a, it's such a monumental, uh, you know, undertaking that I, I'm sure nobody is really on top of it. And so they, if it's, if it looks like it fits in their mouths, fine, you know, and it, right. but the acting is forget about it. You know, we got a lot right. more of these things. Got to do it real quick. What's the, f oh, Jesus of Montreal. Have you, have you guys seen no, that? I haven't seen that. Uh, so what I just wrote, there's a, it's a Canadian film, obviously. But there's a great scene that one of the main characters is an actor, and there's a scene where he's, you know, and he's just making his living day to day, where they're they're dubbing a softcore porn film, uh -huh. and it's a man and a woman together. And he's he's doing the man's voice and the actress he's with, and then all of a sudden, no one is bothered to watch the film. Another man walks in, you realize it's a threesome, and now he has to do two voices, two voices, oh. in the <laughs> and it's just it's probably the funniest dubbing scene I've ever That's seen. Very before. funny. But um, well, Carrie, uh, thank you so much. It really is. Every time I see one of your tweets, it's like I want to talk movies with her. Which is <laughs> you gotta have Tracy. We would love to. We would love to. If you'll, uh, I know you're in with him. If you want to get, you know, I did a Criterion list. Uh, it's coming out. Oh, oh wow! So let me well, know what you think of my Criterion list. Oh, That's fantastic! Right. Fantastic! Yes, please do. And if uh, if you want to plug, plug us to Tracy. 
Play yes, I will. Yeah, I got to get him on here. I wish With, I know I should have just made him come in. No, no, no. This this was <laughs> yours. But tell him I have a great Friedkin story for him that I'll tell him. That, that, that would entice him, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, okay. uh, thank thank you so much. And uh, you're you're working now. Or are you in? Um, where are you? Yeah, we're shooting Gilded Age right now. We've been shooting for a few weeks now. So fantastic. Are you, are you doing you know? COVID preparation things? Uh, we're we are full on. I think probably leading the charge here on the East Coast with our okay. protocol. And very, very like gold standard of testing. I'm tested every day that I work. Wow. Everybody has to wear PPE. It's hard. You know, the crew didn't sign up to be nurses. Yeah. <laughs> Is it inhibiting yeah. actor-wise? Um, I thought it was going to be, it was going to feel more the, more so. But it turns out we are actually having a little bit of casual contact in the hair and makeup trailer like usual. So some of that feels, and you know, I'm already in a corset, so how much harder is a mask? <laughs> in some ways, there are so many obstacles that one doesn't even factor into it. But, but actually, no, it's actually feeling it's feeling better than I expected. I was worried about I was worried about the company building. Yeah, right. but, um, we're finding our way. It's a very adaptable business, even though we've been doing things the same way for a long time. Yeah, yeah. well, that's yeah. we always have to make adjustments. So how long is the how long is the shoot? You know, depending on COVID, maybe we'll wrap in June or July. Oh, wow. We had to push all the crowd scenes, you know, until right. next year. We can't do a lot of that stuff, yeah. you know. All. So we have two different sets and we're shooting on one set for weeks and then we move over to the other set. So, and we have a back lot, so that's good. Outdoors, much healthier. Yeah. But it's, yeah. you know, different. Yes. It's all different. It yeah. is all different. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank Bye. you so much. Um, yeah, we got to track that. We'll get we'll get that picture. I want to put it on the page when we run this episode because people who haven't seen it need to see this giant pile of yeah <laughs> of DVDs. It's it was a lot of fun. fun. That was the best part of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, well, all Tracy's wanted to do for years, and now we finally had. You know, had to do now he has the time. Now he can watch fifteen yeah. chapter serials all the time. Exactly. I kept saying that to my wife. I was like, <laughs> I've been prepping for this my entire life. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> it's finally thing. here. Yeah, just go in your basement watching movies. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so I, much. Um, the movie we're, we're not we're always hyping, but we're, we'll hype this. The Nest, which is uh, streaming now everywhere, and and uh, such yeah. such an amazing film and such an amazing performance. Thank and, you. Um, really, really lovely to have you here. And uh, thank you. My thank pleasure. You. Bye. 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 Our show was recorded from several well-stocked bunkers. We can't wait to get back to beautiful downtown Burbank. We're the official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the Movies That Made Me. Stay safe out there, folks. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.